Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello, everyone. This is Leslie Rankin, fine arts reporter with the Journal Star. I'm here today with Joan Root Erickson, co-founder of the Sun Foundation, to talk about how central Illinois would be affected if the federal government stopped funding arts and humanities. The question is, unfortunately, a relevant one because President Trump, in his first budget as president, proposed abolishing the National Endowment of the Arts and the National Endowment of the Humanities. While Congress essentially ignored that suggestion with the budget they passed, actually increasing spending for the arts and humanities. The budget uh, year ends in just a few months, September, and the issue will be coming up again very soon. Arts funding is always in danger, isn't it, Joan? Yes. um, In our 44 years of working in the arts programming, it has been constantly one of the areas of budgets, whether they're federal or state or local, that have um, often be the first to go. In times of crisis, arts funding gets cut. Yes. Um, Why why is that a problem? Well, it's a problem on many levels. Um, If you're an organization, an arts organization, an arts council, or you're a small local uh, arts group, you're depending on writing grants and uh, as one of the components of sponsoring uh, your services, your educational services, or your performing arts programming. Mm -hmm. So you're constantly working with a lot of unknowns. Yes. And uh, to keep a professional staff and to keep uh, the quality of your arts programming going and the people that you may employ, you don't have the stability that that other uh, forms of employment will have. Yes. Well, I mean, there are people out there who think, well, the government should only fund things that are essential. Um, how how do how does art fit into that view? Well, um, I would ask your uh, readers to. Uh, Look at the research of Dr. Gardner from Harvard University mm-hmm. on the type of just applying to children and learning. We know that we have students that are not auditory learners. They are visual learners or they're kinesthetic learners. They're, so the arts allow uh, children at a very young age to uh, be productive in the classroom as well as adults in their careers because the arts allow them uh, very uh, diverse learning skills, Mm -hmm. as well as we also have much research showing that the children that do uh, engage in the arts at a very young age, the development of the right and the left hemisphere is is excelled, and their ability, their memorization skills, their um, creative abilities, as adults, to be innovative Mm -hmm. and and to absorb knowledge as well as to apply it mm-hmm. and to be first-hand learners mm-hmm. and to use their creative skills. And creativity is important for more than someone who, say, right. becomes an artist or, or a musician. Creativity is important in a lot of different fields, even STEM fields. Isn't that correct? Yes, that's correct. Uh, you would find, uh, like Facebook, Google, a lot of the uh, our major uh, new and upcoming social media uh, people uh, have really employed, uh, I don't think there's any part of our society where you won't find the arts, 
whether it's designing of your furniture, mm, yes. your television set, mm-hmm. um, uh, helping you on so many different levels. Advertising, of course, has been a major part of our society. Mm-hmm. The artists are there. Mm-hmm. They design your clothes. Mm-hmm. They design your cooking equipment, mm-hmm. your appliances. Mm-hmm. Um, so innovation and creativity applies to just about every career, whether you're in carpentry, you're a teacher, whatever your occupation is. Even a scientist. And, and, as a scientist. Yes, yeah, engineers. Engineers. Uh, using uh uh, one of our interns from one of our programs this summer said to me, you know, she's in an Excel program at the Academy of uh, Science and Mathematics here in Illinois. Mm-hmm. She's going to be a senior this year, one of our interns through the youth employment. She said to me, one thing we should stress that you can have knowledge and you can have skill, but if you don't have passion and ambition, you're not going anywhere. Mm, that's interesting. Yeah. And so to find your passion when you're young Mm -hmm. and to be around people who are ambitious and innovative Mm -hmm. and lead you is such a critical time for a young person. Yes. And that's kind of what you do, uh, some of your programs at the Sun Foundation. Tell us a bit about the Sun Foundation. Well, the Sun Foundation uh, was founded in 1973 for the purpose to advance the environmental sciences and arts. So we integrate both the arts and sciences. And our main thrust is to get young people to have first-hand experiences learning with professional artists and scientists and engineers and geologists and archaeologists so uh, they are in contact with people who do whatever they are learning Uh, this person does it for a living and they are deep deep wells of knowledge and inspiration for their children so the young we focus on making young children be first-hand learners. No spoon-feeding, but we want them to explore what it's like to be a first-hand learner. Not, um, you know, to explore as a scientist, mm-hmm. to explore as an artist, mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, so um, there's so many different fields that we have professions yes. working in the program. And and not just artists, but scientists as well. Yes. Tell, tell uh, everybody about some of the famous people you've had over the years yes, come and well, work with the we kids. we just completed our clean water, uh, the 25th year of our clean water program, mm-hmm. uh, which we hold every year at the Civic Center. We've had 56,000 middle school wow. uh, st- and high school students and their teachers come through. And we had Dr. Jacqueline w- uh, Quinn, who was a NASA inventor and engineer mm-hmm. and she is responsible for going uh, the mission to the moon to make water on the moon. Wow. Which doesn't at first, you wonder, making water on the moon, what does that mean? Well, what it means, if they can make water on the moon, they can do deeper space exploration. They can grow food and have their own water at the moon station for deeper exploration. Uh So the young people today, it won't seem like much, but it is the frontier of our day today. Wow. And she uh, was here this year. She was here this year. And we've had Dr. Sylvia Earle, the oceanographer, and um, she's a woman who has designed the first atlas for our oceans. She's a a very famous uh, uh, advocate for the health of the oceans, and she was responsible for getting uh, our president, uh, uh, Bush, to sign the first national sea park and preserve a sanction for uh, uh, an important part of our sea wildlife. 
That's interesting. We've had Jean-Michel Cousteau, you know, yes. the son of Jean-Michel yes. Cousteau. Uh, we've had so many wonderful people, and then also wonderful people locally. Dr. Merle Foster, geologist from Bradley University, you know. Uh, we've had very, we've been very fortunate to have some of our finest artists, scientists, and engineers mm-hmm. working with our children. Mm-hmm. And you do this during your annual summer event, which is Arts and Science in the Woods, right? Is yes. that That's a two-week or one-week program? It's just one week. It's um, a one-week program. We used to, when we had funding from the National Endowment for the Arts, we, it was uh, our first for five years. We had it for two weeks okay. with 450 students. Okay, I'm remembering yeah. those. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. and Pam Adams, by the way, uh-huh. one of the Journal Star reporters, she was one of our first, you know, important volunteers bringing children from the inner city to. Oh, really? Yes, yes. I so, didn't know that. That's been a few years and ago. The Journal Star has been an important part of Art in the Woods for I, many, many years. I remember going out and taking pictures yeah. many years in a row. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And then you also do a regranting program yes. that is actually completely funded by NEA funds. In, in the last year, it has been. Yes, it's called the Community Art Access Program. Program. And what it is, is we apply for a grant to the Eleanor Arts Council uh, for funding of this program, which brings, uh, it's for public arts programming in the schools, libraries, community groups, and primarily for four um, counties, Marshall, Stark, Burrell, and Woodford County. Rural counties. Rural counties. And it, um, we match the grant by 25% and we grant the full amount every year. We've had about $500,000 in the you know, 25 years that we've been able to do that, to regrant it. It's matched by local businesses mm-hmm. and the funding does come to the Eleanor Arts Council from the National Endowment for the Arts. And this year you got about it was just under ten thousand dollars, right? Was. And and these these this money is is doled out in small amounts. It, it, it you know five hundred dollars to one group and maybe a thousand to another group. You know groups like the Stark County Show Choir or or, or small town libraries or or different groups like that. And it doesn't it makes programs um, that just wouldn't happen otherwise? Isn't that correct? Yeah, that is correct. That is correct, and we've seen some marvelous things in our rural communities. Uh, It reminds me of Streeter, Illinois, Mm -hmm. uh, where one of our uh, programs uh, uh, brought the first violinist from the Boston Symphony. Wow. Who was originally... From Streeter, Illinois, a native, yes. and she did a master class for seventy-five students and went out into the community. And it also helps build community pride. You know, in our little town of Henry, we've had some of the most famous bird carvers in the world. Mm-hmm. And Decoys. you know, these residencies are so critical and so important, right? Because the children who live in these rural communities would not be exposed to right. some of these things otherwise. And we must think about the artists and how employment for the artists is so important. One of the NEA-funded uh, programs for the Illinois Arts Council is uh, arts education. And as you know, many of our schools do not have in the elementary, and some now cutting even the secondary school arts yes. programming. Yes. And so um, the arts and education brings artists into the schools and into the community. And employment for the artists is so critical. And, you know, they don't live with a parachute. They have, you know, there's not insurance, there's not retirement. Um, their work, they may work for months on a piece of artwork and not get paid, you know, maybe for right. months later or right. even ever, right. you know, as we've seen this over and over again. So the artist is an endangered species, mm. and we must be very careful 
that we support the arts and and the future artists in our schools. Yes, and and to inspire children to to yes. follow their talents and yes. their passions and, and show them the way. Right, right. And without these examples, they might right. not ever see that. Um, how do you think a lack of federal federal funding for the arts and sciences would affect our society in general in a in a broader scope? Yeah. Well, I think Winston Churchill said it. You know, if we're not funding the arts, what are we fighting for? Hmm. That's our culture. It's expression, human expression. Arts mean freedom and freedom of expression. And that's what our country is founded on. And without the arts... In this, it will impact economically, as you know, the NEA funds that go to all through the state and the Illinois Arts Council. Um, there will be economic real impacts uh, in the performing arts specifically, mm-hmm. uh, employment for the artists, mm-hmm. whether they're in the symphony or they're in the theater groups. You know, uh, it, it, it's a very, it, it will have great cultural impacts yes. as well as economic. Um, I ask your listeners to go to the Illinois Arts Alliance uh, website and just look at the amount of uh, economic value the arts generate in our state. It's huge. And uh, I think we can see that all across the state. Important. Well, when the NEA helps fund a concert, say, and they bring a famous violinist or or singer or someone here people come from out of town to see that they'll spend a night in a hotel they'll eat several meals at at restaurants and they'll maybe go shopping so there's there is a a bigger effect those dollars get multiplied is that correct that is correct okay and then remember we're employing people in the arts, they right. are, you know, the Ellen, our, our wonderful arts partners and our Chow uh, organization here, Central Illinois Arts Association. Um, it's so uh, critical that people understand that artists are employed, and they, you know, when we lose, when they we lose the funding, they lose the jobs, right. and that affects the economy just yes. like any other occupation. That's true, yes. You know, it's yes. not any different than any other form of uh, layoff in any form of business. It's mm-hmm. the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But it's hard because I think. They, you know, their general impression, we have to work so hard to show how the arts work. And Arts Partners has been wonderful here in central Illinois. And their logo is arts work. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they are very interested in the economic well, aspect of it. And the economic aspect is actually huge. Yeah. Yeah, it's actually huge. Well, Jonah, over the 44 years since you and your husband founded Sun Foundation, uh, you've seen a lot of ups and downs. You know, arts organizations are always fighting for funding, and there are better years than, that, than others. But what do you think of this latest trend? Well, you know, the Sun Foundation is an environmental science and arts organization. And to see any budget that would eliminate protection, the Environmental Protection Agency, the National Endowment for the Arts, the Humanities Council, I wonder why. These, um, the National Endowment for the Arts is 50 years old last year. Tremendous record of impact. Uh, possibly their budget isn't the cost of one bomber. It's uh, it's their the budgets for these agencies are not huge drags. And what they what they mean for the health 
and the culture of our of our society and the freedom of our society is very serious mm-hmm. and i'd like to know why mm-hmm. it's a question we as citizens should ask why would anyone want to zero out these organizations well, Joan, thank you for joining us today. And listeners, thank you for joining us. Um, and Joan, really, thank you for your insight into this very important topic. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. It was wonderful. Thank you. Thank you. Just going to run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts.